there. A new episode of Design Under Influence, boom, is coming your way. Boris, how are you? I'm doing good, Alex. How are you? Good. That's my co-host, Boris Rappaport, me, Alex Osanenko. We're going to jam today and give you as much information as we can within the kind of a like little tight package, meaning that we're not going to go a lot of topics. We're going to take one topic, explore the ideas to help you use technology as a competitive advantage. If you're architecture, design, and engineering firm, if you're not, stop listening. It's not for you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My mom can listen to. But yeah, so design and influence, the whole concept under this name is like we feel like as an IT company and having worked with all the architects for, you know, Boris has over a decade experience in this space, helping architecture companies with their technology is that uh, not using technology properly. It's sort of like designing under influence, which is not always advised or sometimes may work, but not always uh, there's no continuity into it. So we named the show such, and we think it's kind of like really nice analogy. That's the word. Oh, wait, today, what, what topic are we tackling today, Boris? This, this is like on top of everybody's list right now. Or should be. Um, yeah, we should, we'll be talking about phishing, and we'll be talking particularly about social engineering and spear phishing, uh, which I'm sure um, everybody that's listening and not listening has been experiencing in the last six months. Let's give an example. I get an email yesterday from Netflix. We, dear Alex, we, at, per your request, we have canceled your subscription. If you did it in error, please click, click this button and resubscribe. We'll be happy to have you back. I'm about to press the button and I'm like, what? I don't even have a Netflix account. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm under my brother's account. Don't, don't tell anybody. But anyway, it looks so legit and all the signature is correct. The email is correct. It's almost like it's very hard to, very hard to distinguish it from uh, a real thing, but it wasn't a real thing. It was, it was a phishing attack. It was a spam because the address, the email address was some kind of googly goo with a bunch of numbers um, instead of Netflix support at Netflix.com. What have you gotten lately? Oh, we got a lot, but quickly on that topic. Uh, so you are able to decipher the from address, which is awesome. So that's kind of one of the first things we ask or train our customers to look at is where is the email actually from? What is the from email address? Now, sometimes the issue with that, and we want to be extra careful when we're opening emails on mobile, because in your iOS client or in your Google Android mail client, you may not see the from address easily. And you actually have to look for it because it's only the from name that shows up. And that's where a lot of people get caught with these type of attempts is when they open it on mobile and, you know, it just looks like it's coming from the real person. Yeah. And you quickly press a button, resubscribe, you put in your credit card number. Next thing you know, somebody went on a shopping spree. Yeah. Look, I think your business is in serious peril right now. And I'm not, you know, I'm not making this up. I'm a business owner too. Boris is... He handles a stable of clients. We have some incredible stories to share with you. One in particular, which is like fascinating, we'll share in a minute. But what I'm telling you right now is employees are your weakest link. I mean, we're the people, you know, we're running around, we're doing things. You know, what I was the CEO of a company called Four and a Half, which is what I, I started that company. In 2012, I would get emails from like from my VP that, Hey, I'm out there running. I need to purchase this thing for the trade show. And they would like actually know when he's traveling. And so I would get this email 
with him asking me for account information and stuff like that because he needs to make an immediate purchase. I mean, those things happening all the time. And I'm kind of aware of these things. What if you're not? Or what if you just so busy, you know, trying to win this big project, this email comes in, as you said, on mobile, you don't see the from address and you make an, you take an action and you jeopardize your company. You could do it yourself as a founder or if you're listening as, a, as one of the key directors in the company, but anyone in the company can do it. So I think we're all with this pandemic, this, this scum has risen to the surface. Right. And there is a reason for that too, is we're all sitting in our homes, right? We're not next to each other. So the only way we really communicate is via electronic communications. So uh, if somebody sends you that email, what you get, I mean, if you want to ask them a question, whether he sent it or not, you're just going to reply back to that email. <laughs> and then they can reply right back to you and say, yes, this is legitimate, right? So it's not like you can turn to them and say, hey, did you just mean to send me this email? You can't do that. So yeah, so this adds an additional, you know, it, it adds an additional layer of challenges for your business. Yeah, because somebody was so clever. Uh, the storyboard is about to unfold for you. I mean, I, you hold on to your seats. I mean, that one is is a horror story, but also incredibly interesting in a way that it's like almost one of these like heists, you know, like diamond heists, like people in the past would, you know, would have like Ocean's 11, right? It would be 11 people to scam this casino. Well, these guys, or probably a couple of them or whatever, got $1.8 million out of this company that Boris, you know, we'll talk about in a moment. You know, just fascinating organization and choreography of events. And exactly because the digital now is the king. So, People can't, you know, physically tap somebody on the shoulder and ask them a question. So, so why, why, don't, why don't you just lead us into this to this story? This is where, where, how does it begin? It began with uh, me getting a phone call one morning from a friend of mine who runs IT operations at a um, commercial real estate investment firm, and basically asking me to help him take a look at something that he thought was fishy, and they were trying to figure out if an invoice. Or a, bunch, or a couple of invoices that they think actually they paid, but you know, they had information that the invoices weren't paid. So they were trying to figure out where this was all coming from, right? So I got that call, and you know, we had a, you know, a deep dive session where we looked, you know, we got more information from the people that were involved, and we looked inside their email accounts, and basically kind of started our investigation of this incident which turned out to be that this firm lost 1.8 million dollars to the bad guys just download this for a second 1.8 million that's right unbelievable so 1.8 million now that would kill my business right away (laughs) (laughs) shit i hope not man (laughs) i wish i have 1.8 million in my account though but yeah yeah so that's and just imagine how the people that were and we can't call them responsible because they're not necessarily responsible, right? They didn't understand what was going on. But just imagine how people that approved this deal or this transfer, how they felt. So talk through it. What happened? How did so, they do it? So how how did they do it? I mean, it, it's so this is where we come back to the topic of social engineering and spear phishing. And what that means, aside from other phishing, so there's various type of phishing out there. One of them is, um, like you said, Alice was trying to get your credit card 
number, right? So that's actually a spear phishing because it's an attack directly pointing at a certain person. But there could be other phishing attempts where they're just trying to get as many passwords as they can for certain accounts, right? Where they don't uh, necessarily uh, tailor tailor the attack or tailor the message and talk to the actual person. So those are kind of, those are easier to spot, but spear phishing attacks are usually more robust. They take longer time to plan out and subsequently the rewards for the bad guys are a lot higher. So going back to this, uh, it seems like this attack took a lot of time to plan out. We we found some evidence that the, the bad guys were sitting, looking at somebody's mailbox uh, we did not find any evidence at a commercial real estate firm, so we're assuming it's on the other side. But basically, they had uh, the communication uh, of the person who was sending initial emails. The communication tone was right, was what she would say, right? So, but that that person is 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 responsible for financing part of the project. So, so, so kind of maybe put some put some. Uh, um, so I, I'm gonna to... yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm just like I'm just throwing out some things where okay. Uh, okay. so we can identify what spear phishing. Spear phishing is, right? And it means like you find a target and you talk to that specific target, right? So it's not just like uh, sending random messages to random people. So yeah, so let's let's go with the story. So what happened was, so the commercial real estate company was working with a contractor uh, to do a project for one of their tenants. So it was a tenant improvement project and it was millions of dollars, you know, in one of the buildings that they own. So one day, a administrative assistant at a commercial real estate firm, let's call her Jenny, got an email message from a project manager at the construction firm. And basically that message said, hey, Jenny, we, you know, it's COVID-19 now. And this was, by the way, so this was in the middle of April. Right. So that's when we got the call. The attack actually happened a couple of weeks ago. So end of March, Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say it. Hey, Jenny, uh, you know, it's COVID-19. You guys have a couple of outstanding invoices for this project. And, you know, we'd like to get our people paid as soon as possible because we don't know what's going to happen with the business. Everything is shut down right now. So can you pay these invoices? So Jenny reads this email. And I mean, the email, it looks Perfect. Like I said, they copied the tone of the communication from this project manager because she talked to her before. They obviously copied all the signatures and everything, except for the phone numbers. They changed the phone numbers to to their phone number. Jenny got this email and she's like, yeah, these invoices are, are going to get paid in our next run. And she sends that reply back to the project manager. And then, you know, a couple of hours later, she gets another email that says, hey, Jenny, that's great to hear, you know, all our our owners are very happy that they can actually get their employees paid. And we're applying for a PPP loan right now. So we'd like to keep all our uh, revenues from this time period separate in a separate account. So here's the new information for the ACH transfer to our account. And she sends a, you know, a PDF with the information, which was, so one of the red flags that we got, the PDF was password protected. I'm like, I'm talking to um, the IT guy for the company. I'm like, have, have you ever gotten password protected PDFs for the account information? He's like, nah, people usually don't do that. So that was kind of one of the flags. I mean, in theory, you do want to password protect the account information, but I think they took it a little, you know, the extra step of password protecting and kind of threw a wrench into their plans. Although it's still, uh, even though it was a flag, it still didn't raise enough flag. Anyway, long story short, Jenny forwards the new account information up the letter to her boss, right? And the boss is responsible for approving all the payments and all the financing. And he sees this email and the new account information and 
he thinks that there may be something fishy going on. So what he does is he tries to call the number that he has for this project manager. So he calls the number and um, there's voicemail. He doesn't bother to leave a voicemail. Instead, he replies to this email thread and asks if they can jump on a call to confirm that this is the right account information. Obviously, since the bad guys sent this original email, uh, they respond to him from that account and say, yeah, sure. And they provide the cell phone number for the project manager, which is the bad guy's cell phone number. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, for this thing to work, a lot of things had to go right and all the things went right. Right. I mean, it was not only was it planned great, but everything kind of fell into place. So they jump on a call via cell phone. The bad guys confirm that this is the right account. And two days later, the money gets transferred. $1.8 million gets transferred to an account somewhere in the Belize, I think. And that's kind of the end. Everybody's happy. Except, um, you know, a week later, the real project manager from the real construction company calls them up and says, you guys haven't paid your invoices. Where's the money? And that's where this whole, this is taking us back to where I started from. This is where we get involved. Wow. 1.8 million. And this is just one larger, I guess, uh, heist that you were involved in. I bet there's like many small ones going on and going unreported. Look, this is devastating. And I think if you're a business owner right now, you should be worried. You should be, in fact, paranoid. I know I am, that your people carry a lot of keys to all the all of the different you know, secret boxes for your business, whether it's financing, accounting, strategic information, client information, all that stuff is, is now with social engineering, with all these crooks getting deeper, deeper and smarter and smarter. And what would be some of the, like, what's some of the maybe three things, Boris, that you do for your clients or you would recommend people to do to sort of alleviate some of the, like get, I guess, have some sense of that, hey, you have protections in place against against these attacks. Like what, what are some of the best practices, man? Give us like maybe top three. Um, I will give you top three, but I'll follow up on what you just mentioned is, you know, what will make us feel protected. And I think these uh, this company felt that they were protected because they had all the technologies in place. Right. They had the advanced spam filtering in place, the advanced phishing filtering and all of that. And it actually turned out that the administrative assistant released the initial email that came in from her quarantine just because she thought she knew the person who sent this message. Hmm. Right. So at the end, it's our employees, as you mentioned. That is the weakest link. So the first thing I would suggest to anybody who I can, you know, anybody I have this conversation with, the first thing I say is we need to get additional training, security training, systematic security training for people that uh, work for us. So workshops. Work so so uh, workshops. Yeah. Hey, shouldn't we do it for your clients? Shouldn't we organize something like that? Maybe a webinar for you, a mandatory training? Or, or? Well, we should definitely organized, but we already have that in place, right? So for many of our clients, we do at least a quarterly training. So where we go on site, used to go on site. Now it's more of a Zoom call. <laughs> and we basically, it's in a lunch and learn format. We basically spend an hour to hour and a half just going through uh, some things that we see, showing them examples of phishing messages. And then as part of our additional services, uh, we actually do a task phishing runs 
for some of our clients where we send fake phishing messages and see how many people respond to them, click on the links. Devious. So on. Devious. You have to do it. It's part of the training. Yeah, right? Battle yeah. testing, man. Battle yeah. testing. Yeah. If they funny, maybe not so funny thing, it's always usually the same people that fall for these messages. So you kind of know who needs training in your organization. Not to say that it can be anybody. But I'm uh, I'm saying there's some people have bigger percentage of clicks and, you know, we try to provide additional support and additional training for that. Yeah. But I'm thinking like as an entrepreneur, I'm already thinking, man, this is, this is big. We're feeling it. Like everybody is feeling it right now. This isn't like you and I are not just on the Island screaming warnings for something that may or may not be, you know, our actual danger, but it's like, everybody's getting bit right now, big time. Um, depending on how it's only a matter of time and also how big of a bite they'll take. Right. And that's just, that's just it. Whether it's freezing all your files and uh, ransoming those out or, or spear phishing or all those social engineering, all those freaking new terms for me. Um, but at the end of the day, what I'm thinking Boris is like, Hey, this is more of a, I think this is more of a course, right? So maybe a, a mandatory course on like one of the learning platforms that we can put together yeah. that people can uh, just subscribe to without necessarily, if they're not a client, fine, but like we can help some people with this. Now, whether depending on how difficult it is to do, maybe we'll charge a little bit of money for it. But at the end of the day, I think like having uh, a monthly or maybe I don't know, quarterly, I don't know, man, things are moving so fast right now, or at least having those, your employees graduate through that kind of a base foundational coursework on how to protect the business, kind of essential. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I would totally agree. So that would be, like I said, that would be my first essential steps. Outside of any technology that you can get in to your organization to protect yourself, make sure that you train your employees and have them participate in these types of trainings. Step two. You're right. Step two would be um, get additional protection. Most security events initiate from email, right? And we just talked about email. So this was an email-born attack. I'd say about 80% of all um, security breaches and threats initiate through email. So making sure that you have proper protections for email. Uh, now, a lot of people rely just on the standard kind of, you know, standard spam filters that come with your Google G Suite if you're using a business uh, Google platform or, you know, Microsoft Exchange basic filter that comes with your Office 365 platform. But for these, you know, to prevent these type of attacks, you need advanced security. And we have solutions for that. And we have those solutions mandatory at each one of our clients. It's part of our service where we um, identify all the people inside of the organization and make sure if an email originates from somewhere outside, that email gets caught. And we actually, you and I ran into that issue for one of our webinars where I wasn't getting the information because uh, it originated from outside of our organization, but it looked like it was sent from me, mm. right? So those are the protections we put in place so that there's a lot less likelihood uh, that these type of messages can infiltrate your organization. So if you get an email, if right now you're getting those emails, um, and I know a lot of people are getting those scam emails about gift cards. Hey, John, can you do me a huge favor? I just signed a new client and I want to send him a gift. Can you just run out to the store and buy a $500 gift card and uh, scratch out the code and send it to me? I don't have the time to do that. You know, this is coming from your CEO to to an assistant or an administrative assistant or somebody else. Kind they're of doing it. Yeah, they're doing it. 
they're running, especially if they're in a hurry, they're checking on their phone, they're running and doing it. It's just like running out and getting coffee. Like we had, we had two positives in the last year on that one, just in our client base, which is a lot, right? Because we want zero. <laughs> so, so, so far we have trained humans, but also take some of the burden off the trained humans and give them some ability to focus on other things and let the technology do some of the filtering for you. What's the third one? Uh, the third one is also going to be around technology. So if you do get an email and somebody does open it and somebody does click on a link, kind of like you know your Netflix email where it said, hey, click on this link to reactivate it. We need to have additional protections after that happens. So if somebody, you know, if it passes this, the filter, it passes your human filter and you do click on a link, um, there's something called URL filtering, which basically will block that bad URL from executing on your computer. And it does that because it has a database, like up-to-date, real-time database. So within five minutes of a new threat, that threat is actually in that database. Um, so the URL filtering will protect, protect your employees and yourself from you know, giving away your credit card numbers or your um, you know, business credentials to your email or to other uh, important stuff like account accounting and account information. Got you. So the three steps are educate your people. Number one, the most important one, that's where you, that's where you are open to uh, big trouble. So educate your people and the two technology shields. One is uh, make sure like you remove the noise from the email. So some of the, you know, more of these phishing attacks is caught before they even penetrate into your people. And then the second is if your people actually do end up clicking the button and be a little bit more gullible or just too busy or just in the in the spare of the moment that url blocker will will help to keep keep the organization safe so those are the three steps look this was a, a fascinating episode uh you need to think about security celebrate every day when nothing goes wrong all fails or if you feel like you need some professional help get archit.com is where we live okay we help architecture engineering and Design firms use technology as a competitive advantage. Right now, not getting hacked is a big one. Talk to your IT professional or hire us to do it for you. Um, we'd love to work with you. Boris, any parting words of uh, wisdom? Stay safe. Keep your data and your business safe. That's right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. See you.